Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Ashton. Ashton, there is no Peter Austin this week because... He's doing birthday plops. He's got the plops. As is tradition, when someone isn't here, uh, it's because they have the plops. And so Peter's doing big plops at an undisclosed location because it happens to be his birthday. Where's Stonehenge? Because that's where he was. Is that in Wales? Like, no, it's not in Wales. It's, it's in near like Wales. A, I think it's sort of southwesty. It's south it's southy. Because he was there. That's yes. where he was. He was there. But I don't know if he's there. still there. I don't we don't know <laughs> where Peter is. He's gone we, off the grid. We don't know where Peter is. Uh but we hope he's enjoying his plops and his week off. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about last week that I thought we should talk about this week is the the buffet that we went to. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about it. Because we it. completely blanked on that because we recently passed 200,000 subscribers and we, to celebrate, went out for an escape room yeah. and a buffet. And some drinkies as and well. And some drinkies too. And it was a lovely time. Yeah, it was good. Now, You just, didn't escape the escape room. Your team cheated. We did. Okay. Right. We did, it. <laughs> we did, we did escape the escape room so that we split into teams of two. and uh, Teams of four. What? Teams of four. Sorry, I mean two, two teams. teams. Of four. Two teams is what I meant to say. <laughs> we split into two teams of four, and one of us took on the really hard, uh, really so very difficult Brave Boy uh, horror escape room. Yeah? Uh huh. Yeah. And the other one took on the baby lab. No, baby we lab. didn't pick the baby one. It said it said Ours on the sheet it said baby <laughs> lab for children. No, it it wasn't a baby lab for children. It was a laboratory one, but it wasn't for babies. Okay, but it did say in brackets, very easy. No, it did. On the sheet is what it said. Uh, So you guys did the the laboratory We escaped in like 48 minutes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, We did a horror themed one. And uh, that was my first escape room, actually. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun. Yeah. But it was really hard. We were we just kept finding solutions to puzzles we weren't meant to be solving yet. Mm. And it was all a bit abstract and weird. And every so often, because the guy said before we went in, how scary do you want it? We we're like, maybe f- like 50%. <laughs> and we realized that how scary do you want it basically translated to how often should I play loud scream sound effects through the speakers? Mm-hmm. And even the amount that he played it was quite obnoxious. In the <laughs> it was like, as soon as it would, you just sit there annoyed, like, okay, 
come on yeah be be quiet now we're trying to focus uh but it was it was a really good time and I, I had a lot of fun doing it yeah we did too we uh at one point i was just wandering around with the answer to a puzzle and people no one was like listening to me and i was going i found a code uh, and everyone was just doing something else so i just typed in and unlocked a box and was doing another puzzle and they oh. were like how did you get in that box i was like i just typed in the code that i was walking around ashton matthews professional room escape yeah but at one point the the part of thing uh part of ours was like oh there's a gas leak and you're leaking this like a uh, really poisonous gas into mm. newcastle and i made a joke like oh no big deal then and the guy was like oi i'm who's a geordie and he was like oi and i was like sorry to say and then uh it started happening and this alarm was going off and i had no idea why the alarm was going off i'd completely forgotten that he told me that this was going to happen at mm. some point and liam was like walking around with this key being like what's this for what's this key for what's the siren for and he moved his hand slightly and saw that there was a tag on it that said gas main and he was just walking around with this key having right. no the, idea the, what it was for the winning key the yeah. most important key. and then he managed to turn it off and i still had no idea what had happened because i was doing something else and i was Excellent. like oh the alarm's gone off that's nice and they're like yeah we stopped the gas leak so mm. the stink room the stink room mm -hmm. um but yeah we did the escape room and then we went to where the spoons and me and ben drunk almost four pitchers of cocktails we got one that yeah. wasn't very nice yeah and we sort of ran out of time because we had yeah. to get to the the buffet but and i think that's that was our downfall that was our downfall we because too much we were walking there through a blizzard and i could feel the cocktail sloshing around in yeah. my stomach we drank so much liquid so fast and despite the fact that I think the two of us were the most excited about going to this buffet. We had one plate and we were like... One, oh. one small plate each and then we were defeated. Yeah. It was absolutely tragic. It was bad. However, Fraser, our community and social manager, was just putting away the plate man after plate. He, I mean, he had just got there, so he hadn't gone for drinks beforehand. That's true. Um, well, he, got, he had one drink and then mm. we walked to the thing. And so he put away like... Four, four, four plates. Four, four full plates. And like actual plates of food. I wasn't to be beaten though. Uh, so I, I'm proud to say that I had five plates, even though I had one plate of food and I had a plate of, uh, a few grains of rice. Yeah. I had a plate of, of a single chip, of a single chip. I had a plate of a little lemon wedge. Yeah. It was. And then after, <laughs> after I ate each one, the, 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 man the people come. had, would come <laughs> up and say, you don't, <laughs> you finished with that. Away. And I was like, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I actually did eat the most plates, even though I was defeated after yeah. one plate. And I walk past that place every day now. And I look at it and think I need to go back. Shame. There. We really Round did two. a shame on our families. Like Round when, two. only in one plate. Need to Next go time back. we just not, we need to not have that much liquid before we go in. Yeah. Cause I couldn't pee quick enough to get it back out to make room in my stomach. I did end up more. having like an ice cream at the end. Did like you? After we'd been there for a while. I had another goblet of gin. A goblet of gin. Did you see gin? how big it was? Yeah, it was, it like was a, massive. It was like a cereal bowl. It was, it was massive. It was massive. But we but had a lovely time. We did. And thank you again to all of you for helping us get to 200,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have done it without you. Um, and it was it was, a it was a lovely time. On to the next 200,000, whatever the next milestone is, 500k. I guess I assume, must be 500, probably. yeah. So that'll be six years, but we'll see you there. <laughs> uh, another thing we did in the meantime, uh, last week actually, was bowling. <gasps> For Peter's birthday. For Peter's birthday, because we recorded the podcast on a Wednesday, and then in the evening, we went bowling. Yeah. And we had a lovely time. There was We've been having arcade some real machines social there. outings we have. recently. And I think it's going to just suddenly die down. Yeah. And we'll, have, we'll not hang out at all, none of us. Yeah. Uh, but we did go bowling, and that was super fun. I played yeah. some Street Fighter and you did? Uh, House of the Dead 4. Yes, he played some House of the Dead 4. That was good. Mm. At one point, uh, my boyfriend had come up um, on Wednesday, and 
me and Amy had found a pound in a pinball machine and we're playing a pinball machine. And uh, Ben and Peter was like stood next to us. And my boyfriend, Ben, ran up to Peter and went, I found a pound. Let's go play the pod racer game. <laughs> and they scurried off like, to go like play pod racer. <laughs> like and a couple like, of 10 year olds. And he's having fun. Just but, leave him to yeah. have it enough. Adam Bacitti um, was second best bowling, mm. for, uh, but the best was Peter's fiance, Amy. Yeah. She absolutely smashed it. She did. I, I arrived got, like, late. Two strikes? I have no idea. I wasn't, I I wasn't playing on your lane. No. I was playing on a different lane. I had to, random, I had to randomize who was on lanes. I didn't want to be like, this is the triple okay, jump. Okay, so all of your then, triple jump friends. No, apart you had from ben. James and Alex on your team. They're as not well. my triple jump friends. Not really. <laughs> they're just they're just work friends. You're on the team with Adam, James, Alex, and then Atkins and no. someone else. No, I had a good team. I don't want them to think I didn't. I felt a bit team. bad because I put Jack on our team and he was the only cultaholic boy on our team. And I and he lost. And he did really quite bad. emphatically he was like why did no one tell me i could get the bumpers jack up? G. king jack the jobber got destroyed at bowling really bad well i had to put the bumpers up for myself because mm. i was like i'm gonna need the bumpers up yeah and uh amy wanted the bumpers up too but then jack was like oh why didn't i get off and have the bumpers up and i was like i went over to the table and i said anyone want the bumpers up and everyone ignored me so that's not my fault that you didn't listen to me so he didn't get bumpers and he was well upset about it. And he lost. He needed bumpers. He actually, I think, came last out of everyone across yeah, all three games I think he only, he'd got had. like barely in the 30s, I think. Oof, that is a bad, that is a rough time for Jack. Yeah. Well, there we are, a little trip down yeah. the, the, the lane, the, me the, the memory the lane. the social workings of the Cultaholic and Triple Jump. Just felt bad that we didn't mention it, like the, yeah. especially the, the buffet. It was such a big thing. No, we, we came didn't mention in it. And we just totally forgot that it ever happened because we're goldfish, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. You're all caught up now. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very, very real video game adjacent sponsor. I have the, the, the rad read right here. The rad read. I have the ad read in front of me here. <clears throat> this week, we are sponsored by... E3 2025. And they've got a new... It's right around the corner. They've got a new tagline. Okay. And it says, E3 2025. This time we promise it's really happening. Honestly, no, where are you going? Come back. We've changed. We promise not to leak any personal information. And oh, it's digital only. And oh, it's also been cancelled. And we sold your email address to a Russian bot farm. That is uh, the tagline for E3 wow. 2025. It's quite a long tagline. It is, isn't it? Maybe they need to shorten that down a bit. Well, too. oops. I just feel we'll like stop. they're covering all bases, yeah. all inevitable bases when we get closer to E3 2025, which of course will be the next in-person, oh wait, no, it's digital, oh wait, e no, it's oh, cancelled, uh, and we've sold your information to a Russian bot farm. Uh, looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for, are you going to go? Yeah, I'm Or really not excited. go? Uh, or cover it see digitally? See what happens, uh, see where the mood takes me, you know? You might want to change your passwords just ahead of time. Yeah. Just a heads up, because that your information will be leaked. <laughs> see, look at that. Sorry. Look what it's doing to Ashton. The leaking out of my nose. <laughs> Bless you. Ugh. No, that's not our actual sponsor. No, it's not. We're actually sponsored by our friends over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Whether as little as $1 a month, you can ask questions on this very podcast. You lucky so-and-so. Lucky so-and-so. Thank you to everyone who's um, supporting us over at Patreon. There's lots of other tiers mm -hmm. um, and lots of cool things you could check out. Maybe yeah. if you've got $250 to spare, why not get a sick painting from Peter Austin? Just got as two, well if as you've got 250 just everything else. Around. Up to that tier as well. So yeah, there's lots tons of, cool of stuff, stuff on Patreon. There. Go That's check it out. Not all Ben Potter. No, it's not. If you go to Triple Jump, no. no. If you go to Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Yes. You can uh, follow our Facebook page. We'd really appreciate that. We are close to 10k now, and then we will stop asking you. But we're not going to stop until we get there. So please go and follow the page. 
Thank you so much. Let's move on to question one, Ashton. Oh, yeah. I never get to do question one. Mm. Question one comes from Stephen Skodes. Greetings, BAP, or just BAH, assuming Peter ba. is not there. BAH. Recently, I just completed Ghostwire Tokyo. The game itself is fun and I enjoyed it, but it didn't seem to live up to the hype that I was giving it. The gameplay seemed to lack depth and the main story was incredibly short. Same thing happened when I played Watch Dogs Legion in 2020. Really great game, but I seem to have been disappointed. I seem to have been slightly disappointed by it. Have you ever been so excited for a game that you personally hyped up? That you personally hyped up its release and you were disappointed by? When I say disappointed by it. It can be it can be varying from slightly disappointed to massively disappointed. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. You having a good day? So far, I mean, the day's young. That's true. Kind of tired. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this weekend because it's a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, four day weekend. That'd be nice. Um. Anyway, games. I I think I have. Are you having a nice day? Yeah, I think so. I had okay. some biscuits. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for asking. It's always a good start to the day. Um. <laughs> I. I have this bad habit mm. of either being completely unaware a game is going to be coming out or getting myself overly excited for a game and amping my expectations too high. I do it with everything. It's not just games. Mm. It's, a, it's a bad habit. Buffets. Buffets. Um, that's it. That's it. Full stop. I Yeah, so I have a bad habit of getting overly excited about games. And sometimes I'm allowed and they're fine and it's great and then I feel validated in my bad habit but then other times they're not so great and I get uh mentally told off by my brain to going why did you get so excited about this we know it's going to disappoint you've got to just assume the worst about everything yeah, all the time I don't have that ability unfortunately I get I get excited about that's nice though things. that's nice it must be nice yeah um but the most recent games and I, I hate to say it but they're both Gearbox games that I could think of. There's definitely been other ones that I've, that these are the only ones I've thought of recently. Borderlands 3. Mm. I really love the Borderlands series. And I did love a lot about Borderlands 3. I loved the quality of life mechanics, or, um, additions even. I loved the art style. I loved the, act, the voice acting. I love it. But I didn't love it as much as I wanted to having come out of Borderlands 2 and everything which I think everyone kind of felt the same way about Borderlands 3 mm -hmm. um but I really enjoyed playing it I just know that it was a bit disappointing story-wise and then when the end happened and that song started playing my brain went what is, <laughs> what is happening weirdly I heard someone talk about that exact moment the other week on oh, a yeah. podcast and they were like I loved that moment. It was so good. It's like, what is wrong with you? Do you do you have COVID? Because you got no bloody taste. It was awful. It good. was such a bad. It's so. It's. I hate using the term. It's cringe. Cringe. It was so cringe. Oh, I hated cringe. it. Um, Just laughed when I saw it. <laughs> Just so absurd. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't not like it. I just was a bit. It didn't live up to my expectations. Mm. Same with. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Wonderlands. I haven't played it in like a week and a half, actually. Um, I haven't gone back to it yet. And I just feel, I just feel indifferent towards it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I, I like it in some ways and I don't like it in other ways. That's good. And That's the critical analysis yeah, we love. And I, I'm a bit disappointed by it. I was really excited for it. It was like my next big game that was coming out. I don't know if I have another game that's coming out soon that I'm really excited for. So maybe it's a good thing because maybe I'll just, one will stumble into my lap and I'll enjoy it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I am 
a bit disappointed by Tiny Tears Wonderlands. I think I had lots of expectations and I don't think it's met all of those. Um, but that's, again, it's not their fault necessarily because I know a lot of people have really enjoyed that game. And some people were saying like, on comments and messaging me on Twitter and stuff, being like, it's a real shame that you didn't enjoy it. I love it. And I'm like, well, good. Uh, oh, good I, for you. I want to love it. I do. Um, and there is another game. I'll talk about that in the what we play in section because it's a game that I've been recently playing. So mm. I'll wait. Um, but yeah, I think I just need to stop myself getting so hyped up. If a game I'm indifferent about comes out and it's not great, it doesn't matter because I'm not playing it. Yeah because I was really excited for it. So luckily it didn't happen with Horizon Forbidden West, but I tell you there was fear. It's like when I booted up the game for the first time, I genuinely was scared it was going right. to be bad. It's going to be 12 to 15 hours of fun. Yeah, noises. yeah. Just straight up plops. Plops. So. But it wasn't that. It wasn't. It was great. I'm looking forward to playing it eventually. When you, I get should the play chance. It. you should definitely play it. Yeah, I know. Well, what about you, Ben? Any disappointed games? Well, the games I've written down, I wasn't necessarily disappointed by, but I just felt like didn't, they didn't live up to either my expectations or the expectations set by everyone telling me that they were God's gift right, to gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talked about it at the time, but when the Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, mm -hmm. I was a bit worried because I'd played the opening mission with the reactor because that was, I played it at an event and then it was a, a timed demo yeah. as well and I played it there. And then I got the full game and after that you get dumped into the sector seven slums and it just gives you like the the some of the worst side quests i've yeah. ever experienced in a game they are pretty where random. it's like go find this guy's cats i was thinking oh my god <laughs> is this the game is this what this game is and it really it didn't help that i played through the opening couple of hours for pleasure and then played through the opening couple of hours again on stream so i felt like i played through the opening twice and each time i'd ended at this section where i had to find this child's cats and they i were was cute cats though they well they, they were they were cute in in the sense that they kind of looked a bit terrifying in that engine they were just sort of like little blob creatures <laughs> it might look better in the ps5 version and it didn't look, look like, bad in the ps4 like version but yeah it doesn't they don't not look like cats, cats are little blob creatures though to be fair yes you are not wrong but in the engine, they just yeah. look like that's a Final Fantasy character cat. You yeah. know, I don't know how to describe it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that put the fear of God in me because I was kind of disappointed initially. Like, oh, no, this game's not going to be very good. I ended up loving it, though, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, control. <gasps> that's a control version. Controversial. Controversial one, yes. Uh, because I actually did end up really liking Control. I really liked Control. On the whole. But I played it way after everyone else and everyone had told me that it was just this mind-blowing, incredible game. Mm. And I... It takes a while to get going. It does I take think. a while to get going. I found it more interesting when I first started it because it was so intriguing and weird. Mm. But the longer it went on, the more I kind of wanted it to end. Yeah. I was ready for it to end. And the sort of... The openness of it and the lack of um, linearity, if that's a word, it might not be. Linearness. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> the openness of the game I found to be a hindrance in the end because I was trying to work out how to get to different sections of the map. Yeah. And I, it was a bit of a nightmare. Um, I think it's great and I'm really looking forward to a sequel, but that was one that was hyped up beyond all possible yeah. uh, reality. 
and it was it was not as good as I had perhaps hoped. Same for Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, the first the first uh, one of those games that was also hyped into oblivion. Played it, thought it was great. Didn't think it was the best thing ever. It won mm. Game of the Year awards that year. I disagree with that, uh, but there we go. You ready for this one? Yeah. People aren't going to be happy about this one. Are you going to say Death Stranding? No. Okay. No, I am not. Hades. I thought you really liked Hades. I did really like Hades. Was it as good as everyone said? No. I never finished it. I don't think it's as good as everyone said it was. Uh, But that's the specific angle I'm coming at this question from, Mm. in that none of these games I actually thought were disappointing. Yeah. But they didn't live up to the expectations, as I said, that I set for, for myself or that other people had set. And it's so hard playing a game after it's been maybe a year or longer mm. when everyone's had a chance to play it and say, oh, you've got to play this. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's won all these Game of the Year awards. Because in I've... your head, it's going to be, it's meant to be this yeah. incredible experience. And sometimes games do live up for that. But for me, those games didn't quite hit the same way. I also find that when someone who you are like, really good friends with or you care about a lot it's like oh this game's really good I really want you to play it Mm. like when that game's not good it feels extra bad or that game doesn't click with you as much that feels extra bad because you're like someone I really care about loves this game and I'm gonna have to go back to them and be like sorry you got trash taste I didn't like it Can you recommend another one? Yeah, have you got any other games that you like? Because this one's not good. This one's rubbish. It's stinky. I don't like it. I didn't like it. Too hard. Too hard. But yeah. It's always the risk, though, with recommending things, right? Yeah. That's why I'm really worried that you're going to actually hate Horizon. I know I'm not going to hate Horizon because I really liked Zero Dawn. If you do, just pretend you didn't. You can slag it off to other people. Just pretend you liked it to me. Like, that's fine. I can guarantee that I'm going to like this game. The only reason I haven't played it is because I've got, I don't own it yet and I have other things downloaded. So that's, that's the only reason. Well, wonderful. It's time for a new section that we should really be waiting until Peter is back from his plopper day for, but he. We're just test driving it while he's away to make sure that it works. We're just trying it out. And then if it works, maybe we'll introduce him to it next week. I don't think he's ready. But maybe we'll have to do like when you introduce a goldfish to a new bowl and you've got to keep them in their little water sack. Yeah. Floating. Yeah. So they can see their new world, but they can't get to it. They can't get to it just yet. But their water has to get the same temperature. Get to the same temperature. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Anyway, it's what we're playing. It's what we play in time. It's time to talk about what we play in. Ashton Matthews, what have you been playing? Well, Ben Porter, thanks so much for asking. Right. Um, I played some more Final Fantasy VII. Yes. I watched Cloud get his rocks off with a hand massage. Big fun. Get his rocks off with a hand massage. Yeah, that was a weirdly sexual moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. I was watching it going, what is What's happening? happening right now? Um, and then I got killed by Evil House. Yes, the evil house is really, really hard. Really hard. I was like so close. I've only attempted it once because I was really, really, really close to get beating it. And then it killed me in like, mm. killed both of them in one hit. And I was like, I'm going to have to take a break from this because that's really annoyed me because I was doing really well against evil house and then it kicked my ass. Outside of the final boss, evil house, I think was the hardest boss in the game when I played through it on the hardest difficulty for mm. the trophies. I thought I was playing it on easy, but my boyfriend was up at the weekend and he was like, oh, but let me look at like your loadout. And I was like, oh, okay. Turns out I've been playing it on normal. And he was like, no wonder you were like... You dafty. I know. I thought I was playing on easy. And I was like, this is quite... 
this is quite challenging for easy. It's not on easy, that's why. But I'm going to attempt Evil House again when I'm back from my Easter holobobs. You can do it. I, I think I can. What you have to remember is that it changes status type all the time. So you have to hit it with his Yeah, that's what I was doing. To, and I kept pressing the, the, the um, touchpad to like get the assess menu up to be like, now it's uh, now it needs wind power. Wind! Wind! Um, I also, we bought and played Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga over the weekend, split mm-hmm. screen. Talking about games that have disappointed me a bit. That game's disappointed me a bit. Uh, yeah. I, do you know what is disappointing? What? When games just don't work when you buy them. When oh. you have to wait a week and a half till they work. Um, well, let me tell you. So we played it. <laughs> I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now. We played it uh, split screen. And uh, we first, we wanted to play it on Ben's save because mm. he has it the disc and i don't have it on my playstation so there's no point okay having it and obviously it's only local cop so you can't really play it um separately mm. um so i was like we'll do it on your save so it's all in one place and then you can just pick it up and play it if you fancy and we played on his save till we got to like naboo and then we went and had lunch and we came back and then i turned the playstation on turned his account on first then logged in on the guest like the other controller on my account and then for some reason um, it then decided to save that section of the game that we continued to play until Coruscant on my save, not on his save, even though he was still player one. So then when we logged back in the next day to play as him, everything we'd done since like leaving Naboo was just not on his save. It was just gone. That's so weird. Was, we have to turn his controller on, log into the game, wait until you've like loaded into a level and then I need to turn my controller on, log in, and then like go into the game. Because otherwise it just mucks it up like every single time. And one time <laughs> we loaded the game up and there's like a cutscene at the beginning where like all of the characters kind of turn and face you and they're in like a pyramid and they're all like posing and stuff. Well, we loaded it up and none of them had faces. Nah. And it was just like oh. all just blank, like Lego heads just like moving around. And oh, I was like, this horrifying. is horrible, really horrible. Jesus. So I've got a video of it, but. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, is it fixed now? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's fixed now. It only did it the once and then the game crashed like a couple times. But, right. you know, these things happen when games come out because why would they just like work all the time <laughs> when you buy them? It's a big ask. Yeah. Um, but have some opinions about Lego Star Wars. I don't think Peter is wrong. I listened to the Cryptscope and I don't think he's wrong. I think that there is a lot of, this game has a lot going on. Mm. However, there's too much plastic. This game does not need 1,116 bricks to collect in it. That's a lot of That bricks. is too many bricks. Too many bricks. And also, one thing that really annoys me, the levels mm. are really weird. Like, do you, <laughs> did you play the first like the first ever Lego Star Wars game? A long time ago, yeah. But do you remember how like the whole thing was very linear and you would do mm-hmm. like the missions? Well, in this game, like the opening mission to the original Star Wars game where you're going out of the room and like walking down the corridors is like literally a minute and a half. You go out of the room, you go straight down, you open a door, you kill some like six droids Mm. and then you move to like Naboo. And there's like so many bits where like they're not actually levels. They're just like little areas that you just walk through and then you go into either a level or you are going to an open world area. And then the first episode of the game, um, you... The missions are the pod racer mission. Then there's there's a submarine mission. Mm-hmm. Then there's another vehicle mission, like a space mission or something. And then 
there's loads of missions that I kind of was expecting, like the uh, princess, uh, Queen Amidala's like quest to get back into the castle that's from the first game. Yeah. And that's not there. You don't do that. You don't even see what she's up to the whole time. Okay. Um, so I was kind of like, these missions are such random picks. Like the mission is when you're sailing from the Gungan like underwater area yeah. to Naboo and getting chased by a big fish. That's the level. There's always a bigger fish. That's the level. So, so is it's kind of random. Could it be that they were trying not to retread too much of the same well, ground? Yeah, but it just kind of feels like they're picking really weird moments to like make levels. Okay. Like the ones where you can get mini kits and true Jedi and all that stuff are in the first episode at least. Three out of five of them are uh, vehicle based, mm. and I was kind of like, it's a bit boring. I liked the like puzzles and having to climb around and stuff. And also one other thing. One other thing. One other thing um, about this game, and then I'm talking about another game I played this week. But I, you know how at the end of episode three, mm. Anakin and Obi Wan have a fight. It's not spoilers for Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. However, if you're playing in two player split mm. screen, obviously there's only Obi Wan. And Anakin, like having this fight. But in the original game, one of you played as Obi-Wan, one of you played as Anakin, and you'd fight each other. In this game, if you're not playing as Obi-Wan, which you don't get to pick if you are Obi-Wan or not, you play as C3PO and R2D2, which I don't know if you remember, weren't really big on involving in the fight uh, in the movie. You just cheer them on, or what? Basically, you yeah. You kind of have to occasionally have to do a little puzzle. But at one point, I was just stood on these two little, like, floating things. Mm -hmm. Almost like a hundred meters in the air above the So you were just the in action, the background. Just watching like from above being like, oh, this looks fun. <laughs> this is great. That's so weird. And then briefly got to be Obi-Wan and then put me back in C-3PO again. And I was like, what's going on? Why am I even here? Ashton, do you even like games? It was it sounds so like you just, weird. You just hate every game I you play. Like, I don't, I think I am actually feeling right now that I am actually in a bit of a lull with games and I'm finding mm. it really hard to connect with like a lot of games I've been playing recently. Yeah. But that moment I was sat there as a droid, 100 meters in the that air. Is, that is especially watching strange. Watching Ben like down at the bottom of this lava Having pit. the time of his life. Fighting Anakin while I was just drifting around as R2-D2. Like, guess like, I'm going over here now. And I couldn't change my view. I, it kept putting me, like making me look down because there was this thing that was going on. I was like, why am I here? What's going on? That is dumb very silly very weird yeah well i can't wait to play it sounds, sounds <laughs> well if fantastic. you're playing it single player totally fine yeah don't worry about it probably will yeah but um yeah we've been playing it in split screen and it's definitely got its interesting moments mm -hmm. for sure the last thing i've been playing i set up my vr headset this week and i've been playing some vr played mm. some half-life alex your which favorite is just such a good game man i love it so much i'm replaying it from the beginning and i got to a point where it's like a really spooky moment and I remember the spooky moment from when I first played it and I was playing it on Tuesday morning when I was I took like a couple hours in the morning um and I was playing it and I was like mm, I'm not gonna do this right now because I I know what's coming and I'm too spooked out so I'm just gonna take the headset off and go to work because oh look at the time I guess I should oh, be going no, no time but for spooks today. I know that like I need to get past that level to like progress but it's, it's spooky. so what are you gonna do I'm just going to have to do it. I'm going to have to go and get the torch. if you turn the, the game torch. audio off and just listen to... It's not even the audio. Okay. It's the head crabs. Big head crabs. They're creepy. Um, and then I also played some Rec Room in VR, which is like... Uh, I played Rec Room. Man, Rec That's Room's hysterical. weird. It's so weird. We uh, we were like, let's just try it. Uh, so me and Ben played it um, mm. in his VR on my headset. And um, it's weird, man. 
It's so weird. It's, so it's a weird, bit man. like VR. It's Roblox. Yeah, Roblox is sort of like yeah. VR chat as well. But yeah. I played the non-VR version on PlayStation, and it is so weird. You just join lobbies and games, and there's, there's loads of kids screaming yeah. down headsets and stuff, and some like, of them are flossing. It's really weird. Yeah, I won't talk too much about it because I want to talk about it in the next question. But we did. Uh, we joined a room. I was just going through like the watch thing that you have to go in, like all the different rooms. Mm. And one of them was like furry heaven. And I thought, it's oh funny. Let's gosh. go in there. Okay. So I said, put me and Ben in this thing, this public lobby with all of these kids. And then we walked up and we could put like a furry costume on. So it was just as an axolotl. And then one of the rooms of in this like house was like playing anime music. So I was just like boogieing, dancing my heart out. And he was like, you, we need to leave. We need to leave now. And I was like, okay. That is so strange. I had a great time. I'm glad you had a good time. I just was well, dancing the, in my the, flat the on my own. Kids had a great time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they seemed like they were having a good time. Yeah, I mean, why would why wouldn't you play anything else? Yeah, just anything else, like a real game. Um, play a real game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I wanted to play. Well, I didn't want to play in VR, but I wanted to play something. And we can't play Lego Star Wars because, well, we tried on like the share PlayStation play. Share Play, mm -hmm. but it was running like trash. And I was just on like one big Lego brick was basically all I could see. So, That's a shame. but it, yeah, I've been playing that. So, there's what I've been playing this week. Nice. What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a little bit more Elden Ring. Shocking. Helping out, helping out my friends. <laughs> You know, get through levels and areas mm. and stuff like that. But it's been a busy flipping week for this boy. I've, I've been down in, I was down in Bristol. Mm -hmm. And I flew down directly after work on Friday. And then I flew back on Sunday evening. And then I just, have, I feel like I haven't stopped. So it's only the past couple of days that I've actually had time to sit down and play anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but I played Elden Ring and that's great. I'm still amazing at Elden Ring. <laughs> The best, no, I'm the best. The best at Elden you haven't finished it in sub seven minutes, though. No, I haven't. That speed run is disgusting. <laughs> I've also put down a couple of things here that I intend to play this long bank holiday weekend. Oh, okay. So my VR headset's still set up. I want to finish Moss Book Two, and I also want to oh, play. I really want to play that. A game that my friend bought me probably three years ago for my birthday <laughs> because he's a huge VR nut. And he's like, you need to play this. And that's Blood and Truth, mm. the PlayStation exclusive one where you're a, ga you're a, gangster, a gangster, a London gangster. And uh, that, I don't know what that accent was. And that is the spin-off or the full game version, I suppose, of like the mini game that was included. And in I think it was called PlayStation VR Worlds. Mm. And it was, I can't remember what it was called. The, Lon the London Heist, I think it's what it was called. Right. And you had a little bit where you had a shootout and you were being interrogated in a chair and you were in like a car chase and you were leaning out the window and like shooting uh, motorbikes that were coming after you and stuff. Uh, so this is meant to be really good. And I've wanted to play it for ages, but I'm my VR set up. I'm going to play those two games, hopefully finish them this weekend. And then the VR is going back in its actual box and it's just going to go on a shelf. I really wish you could play Half-Life Alex on PlayStation VR. Mm. I hope that when VR 2 comes out, I don't know if it it's will happen. I hope that like Valve and PlayStation come to an agreement that we can share games and that VR has to work together to be accessible to everyone. And they put Half-Life Alex and lots of their Valve games on lots of the Steam exclusive games on PlayStation VR as well. If it's going to happen, it would happen on VR too, I think. I want them to be, give me Moss 2, please. 
Give me Moss Book Two. Give me Moss Book Two. It won't be long. I'm sure Moss Book One came out or Moss just Moss. Moss. I suppose, so there we are. Moss. Well, that's what I've been playing slash will be playing. <laughs> it's time for question two. Yeah. And this comes from Johnny Dibble, who says, Bonjour, Bap. Bonjour, Johnny Dibble. I recently went to Prague with my friends and we went to a VR park. I've always seen VR as a bit of a gimmick that's not quite there yet. We played a four-player Assassin's Creed game and it was dot 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 amazing. Mm. Not challenging at all, but so much fun playing with mates. We had such a laugh. I'd love to see more group VR games in the future. I thought maybe a Jackbox-style party game could be really cool. So, what other game genres do you think VR could work well in that we haven't really seen before? Keep up the incredible work. Quiche, quiche. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. We were actually invited to a VR experience. It was either Far Cry or maybe it was Assassin's Creed. Do you remember? It was ages ago now. Oh, yeah. But it was like in Birmingham and it was really, really far away. Yeah, so they always, we couldn't all, do it. There are never any events around us so no, we often have to say we no. We couldn't do it. But, um, well, I think that's a hard question because I don't know if you've been on the VR um, list on Steam or whatever recently, but you can pretty much get every genre in um, VR in some way, shape or form. You can get... VR Space Basketball. That's not the name of it, but nice. that is in fact an eSport. Nice. That's an eSport, is it? Yeah, there's... That's a real sport. When I worked at VR, I worked at VR League um, when I was doing eSports in like 2019. And there was one VR show that I remember distinctly because it ran on so late because we couldn't get the VR to work. And um, yeah, there was like one where you were like a basketball. It wasn't really basketball, but you had a ball and you had to like throw yourself off platforms to get mm. to the goal and then another team obviously like trying to stop you. And this is an eSport? It's an eSport. Oh, for Christ's sake. And then there was an eSport that was like like CSGO but in VR. Mm. Um, so that people were like you were just watching from outside where you couldn't see anyone's perspectives. And then someone was just on the floor, like obviously holding a sniper, but they were just fully like prone on the ground. Wow. And you were like, well, he seems to be having a good time. At Taking least. it very seriously. Yeah, they do. They take it very seriously. There was one group that were like 40. And then there was one group of like literal 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. they, they had to have their parents there because they were so young. Um, and I was like, look, whatever makes you happy, you know? You do, you hun. Um, sure. But I do think that the VR genres are, there's a lot of them. They're not necessarily all good, but you can find pretty much everything in VR, literally, if you look hard enough. Um, but I would love, 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 love more games like Half-Life Alex. I just think VR needs to branch more into full-length narrative features like Half-Life Alex, And Half-Life Alex does everything so well. I know that I talk about it a lot, but like your HUD is all on your hands. So nothing's like in your face. There's options for movement that mean you don't necessarily get motion sick because that is an issue for a lot of people. You can teleport, you don't have to do fluid movement, which is why I haven't played Boneworks, which is apparently also really, really good on VR, but you can only do kind of fluid movement. You can't teleport. Mm. Um, but like, Games like Half-Life Alex, where they've got an intriguing story, the world is like really, really immersive. You can interact with everything. Everything is kind of like around you and you feel like you're in this world. Like I've talked before about how I tried to step into a portal that wasn't actually there to hide and I tried to step up into it. Yeah. Like games that can make you that immersed in a story would love more of those in VR because I just don't think there's enough... Um, and I think more people would play games like that than 
games like space basketball and rec room and stuff. Basketball. Basketball. Um, and rec room and stuff. Are you looking forward to the horizon? I am. I'm really excited for it. I'm don't know. I think it's might just be on PlayStation VR though, which is yeah. a big sad PSVR for me too, because don't have one of those. Um, but I think that there's so many. There's so much scope for how VR can be implemented in so many games. Most of them don't do it very well. Like if you just be like Far Cry, we're doing a we're doing a VR Far Cry mod. It's probably going to be trash and make you feel sick. Mm. But if they actually make a VR game for VR that they spend time on and they know how to make a VR game. They they are just so much fun to play. Mm. I would also love more multiplayer titles that are maybe more like Back for Blood, Left for Dead, that kind of thing. Um, like four-player co-op that's walking around doing God knows what. Not necessarily a zombie apocalypse, but just that kind of vibe that, again, has a story. Because I think there's just not enough story games on um, in VR. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I really like Moss. So Sit Down VR is also really accessible to a lot of people because you don't have to stand up for moss and there's a new game i think it's called tentacular where you play as like a big um kraken and you can sit down and play that because you basically have to like destroy a city but you you're like just massive and you can just throw things and it's all about like physics and stuff so it's not got much of a story but if you like to sit down then there's i think more vr games that allow you to sit down there's not a specific genre that i would like more of i just think that there is a real need for narrative driven games that really do immerse you in the world and build a really incredible world to be in. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I think I've only ever really played a handful of, uh, of narratively driven VR games. The Batman Arkham VR was very good. I mm. enjoyed that one. Um, and I like how it tied into the, the trilogy that mm. uh, Rocksteady were making, but I I don't want to stand up and play VR. Honestly, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. If I can, if I can sit down, then that's great. I don't want to. I don't want to. Don't make me stand up. Come on, get get out of here. Uh, I have only played one co-op game in VR, and that was Farpoint. Which was a PlayStation VR game where mm. you had the you had the controller, the gun controller. Yeah, it's set on another planet. Yes. Uh, that was pretty good, even though it looked a bit janky when you had another friend playing co-op and they were just sort of sliding around all over the place. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. Um, I do agree with with Johnny that I do think a Jackbox style almost mini game collection like WarioWare would be really fun. There's um, one mm. called oh, what's it called? Oh. It's something like Halflings. Revenge of the Halflings or something that is a party game where mm-hmm. you play it with people who are using a controller. So you've got like up to four players using a controller and then one player in VR. The player in VR is like a big human and the rest of you are little halflings. Okay. And you have to either survive a certain amount of time or do a challenge or something whilst the person in VR is trying to kill you or like get me stop you from doing it so they're like picking you up and you're in the control you're like help me please (laughs) and they're just like putting you like in a toaster or something like that's and that's a really fun game to play with other people so there is a couple there's definitely mini game type games out there you just have to i think you probably just have to buy a couple of games that are mini games rather than it being like a pack which i do think would be really good yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I've also, not that I, w- I don't think I'd ever play it myself, but 
I really like the idea of phasmophobia. <gasps> and, I've played phasmophobia in VR. And so it's I think more good. horror experiences like that, where there's a group yeah. of you, you know, going around would be like almost like a saw. There's probably is a saw VR game, but it's probably crap. Yeah. Um, just just things like that. Things where it's just way more immersive to be in VR and you're doing yeah. it with multiple people. I think it'd be super fun. Phasmo in VR is is very good. Phasmo. Phasmo. That's yeah, the, that's what the cool the kids call cool it. Cool kids call yeah. it, of course. Absolutely. Well, I don't know that I have any recommendations for VR things that uh, we haven't really seen before because I don't really play a lot of VR. And quite frankly, I don't know that I will continue to play much VR. I don't think it's a fad. Or I, I do think almost... I think it's outstayed a fad now. Yes, it's clearly here to stay, but it's just so inconvenient for me as a console player and as a non-PC mm. player that I, I probably never really never really open up my one again unless yeah. it, the right game comes along. So you never know. There is one Let's thing, see. actually, before we move on. When we were playing... When we was. When we were playing Rec Room the other day, um, we did some tennis and some bowling. And I had a really good time doing bowling in VR. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't very good at it. I got more gutters than I did anything else. But it was actually really good. So like a Wii Sports yeah. kind of situation, I think would be really fun. Okay. So there. That's so there. A little extra bit for you there. Yeah, nice. It's time for something a bit peculiar now. Yeah, like spending several hundred pounds on a headset to play bowling that's imaginary instead of spending 10 pounds and going to a real bowling alley that's a little strange isn't it little, oh, i didn't know that we were uh, doing little, judgy news little, hey hey this was, no uh, judgment just this was just a little weird weird news, weird news. <laughs> hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you look out for the post that goes out once a week, you can submit your own weird video game news and we could read it on this podcast. 
Triples. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. And if you support us at a certain tier, you will become a podcast producer and you get a shout out right here at the weird news section. Mm. Ashton, kick us off. Thank you to our podcast producers. That includes Nathan, Gabrielle Philippine, Sean Legg, Erica Hutchinson, G.Y. Goliath, Melody L. Bonnet, Ellie Nicholas, Katie Garrett, slash Jared, and Corey Duffel, and Josh Plain. <laughs> Sorry. Another one. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Josh and Plain. Josh Plain. Especially. Thanks, Josh. Josh Plain. Josh Plain. Thank you so much to our podcast producers for this week once again. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Which yeah. website is it again? Which way? It's one of us. Flipping one of you. I was kind of doing like a like a movie trailer thing where they do a couple of names and they go and Daniel Radcliffe introducing and Sandra Bullock introducing Josh, Josh Plain <laughs> as podcast producer. Yeah. Well, let's do a weird news. Have you got your weird news there? I do there? have one. Mm-hmm. It was from Facebook from Liam Richardson. Thank you so much, Liam. Liam Richardson. Comes from Kotaku, written by Jeremy Winslow. Nintendo walked right into porn when promoting Switch Sports. Oh, for God's sake. Nintendo of Europe just wanted you to know that Switch Sports has a bowling minigame. If you've been bowling, there's a good chance you've seen those corny 3D animations that unfold whenever you get a strike, spare, split, or miss the pins outright. These 90s relics are having a bit of a horny renaissance right now. Oh, no, is this what you showed me last week? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is. And then you told me off for... Yes, I did, for showing... Showing porn in the office. Showing pornography at work. Yes, I did (laughs) tell you off for that. Um, Thanks to an artist who recently posted a a salacious bowling animation that has set the internet on fire. And unfortunately for Nintendo, which is currently trying to advertise the bowling minigame in its upcoming sequel to Wii Sports, this viral trend couldn't be happening at a worse time. Mm -hmm. But the dumpster fire currently plaguing Nintendo's marketing campaign didn't start in horny jail. Initially, modern GIF renditions of old-school bowling animations came back in vogue around 2021 by a blender uh, blender artist who goes by Wireframes, with a big Z at the end. Um, The bowling animations were that inspired wireframes were quirky and unsettling, but never really abhorrent or salacious, until some parodies of the bowling gift started popping up around 2019 and 2021, including one of Jesus getting crucified by two split bowling pins. Jesus Christ. Wireframes then posted his own version of the 1990s bowling animation in November 2021. (laughs) It's going well, isn't it? 2021 of a ball... Yeah. Ejaculating. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) I thought you were going to... You really thought about, can I I say this word? I couldn't think of a word that was less, you know... Flopping. Less, you know, not rude. Ejaculating is just the technical term. Yes, but can we we not talk about it? Sure. Um, All over a set of pins who score a strike. Fast forward to the past April Fool's Day, which saw wise... Wireframes share another bowling gift that's way hornier than the first one. Trust me, click the link. I'm not describing it in any detail lest I die typing this blog. But suffice it to say, the April Fool's bowling animation has a whopping 72.5k likes on Twitter, so a ton of people have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, including me. Thanks, Including Ashton. us. That leads to Nintendo of Europe's April... F- fifth tweet in which the company is minding its business advertising the upcoming switch sports the tweet itself is harmless the 15 second nintendo clip shows various ways the game's bowling runways can trick you with slow moving walls or bars that raise from the floor it's not until the end of the at the end that the bowler finally scores a strike 
You'd think that replies to something like this benign would be normal, but because of the timing of Wireframe's porn gif thrust their way into the replies of the tweet. Replies of the tweet. You won't see the porn at first because Twitter has them under the hidden replies, but nearly every reply under the original video is remarking on the sex regardless. Every the way I saw it was because someone said check the hidden replies, like they retweeted it, quote tweeted it, and said check right. the hidden replies, and then obviously I. And it's all just the, yeah. the sex gift. Uh, Wireframes told Kotaku over Twitter messages that he always he always thought bowling animations were really funny, and found the hardest part about making his own was getting the comedic timing right. Ending up on a Nintendo tweet was the last thing I would expect, especially considering my regular content, Wireframe said, referring to extremely pornographic depictions of Super Mario anthropomorphs he normally (laughs) creates. Jesus. The irony of the whole situation is hilarious, especially considering the pinned comment wasn't the one people were seeing. It shocked a lot of people when they found out there was another animation. I don't know who would have expected to see porn flood the mentions of Nintendo of Europe's tweet and not even a, and not even good porn. Not even good porn. It's just strange. I understand the satisfaction that it comes with getting a strike, but I'm not sure it compares to the same feeling you get after doing that. So wow. then it says Kotaku has reached out to Nintendo for a comment and there's nothing below. That is so. shocking. That is shocking that Nintendo wouldn't want to respond to comments. Yeah. Well but that was pretty interesting to see last week. Yeah, yes it was. Don't don't act like I did say I prefaced it by going oh my I said oh my god this is crazy and then I was like explaining it to Ben what was happening and then Ben I said do you see it and Ben said yes so I said tweet I didn't just send you it like for funsies I asked you if you wanted to see it and you said yes Mm -hmm. so I will not accept the full blame for this and then after you saw it. You then went, you can't show me this kind of thing, as if I hadn't explained to you what you was going to be seeing. So it's not my fault. And that's that. Got any weird news? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> uh, this is from Lloyd Williams at W 90 on Twitter. Thank you, Lloyd. And this news comes from the internet, specifically also Kotaku, okay. and Luke Plunkett, the editor for Weird News. Go off, Luke. What? I said, go off, Luke. Go off, Luke. What's that? Like a firework? <laughs> it just means like, it's like... Uh, it's the opposite of go on, Luke, you which, say, which you would say be logical to me. go off as in like, or I guess pop off also. Yeah, I know pop work. off. It's kind of the same. Right. Why wouldn't you say go on, Luke? I'm not criticizing you. I'm just genuinely, I want to know. Because I'm in Gen Z. Okay. <laughs> I think I knew that answer anyway. Yeah. It's just, just curious. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man... Br- br- Flipping, I nearly swore as well. Let me try that again. <laughs> Miss Pac-Man, bizarrely replaced with new wife? Question mark in Question Pac-Man mark? game. He's got a new wife. It's been a divorce. I don't. We don't know. While longtime fans of the series will know that Ms. Pac-Man is the wife of Mr. Pac-Man, it says, and appeared as such in the 1984 side-scroller Pac-Land. Wasn't and- she Ms. like Ms. Yes. So Ms. she may never have been his wife. That's very true. That's very true. Could be his sister. <laughs> his kid or his cousin, I guess. <laughs> Anything, any of them. She could be anyone. Any of them. Could be a total stranger. <laughs> it just happens to share the same name. Just be a Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, a new re-release of the game has gone to the trouble of changing the character. Here's Ms. Pac-Man as she appears in most titles with her trademark red bow and boots. There she is. Lovely boots. Lovely boots. Put on your boots, your sexy boots, as you two once said. 
I'm scrolling. There's a lot of adverts. There is a lot. Here, though, is what the pair look like in the new Arcade Archives release of the game, uh, which is out this week. Look, she's wearing pink. Maybe she's just trying something new. She's got a ponytail as well. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> she's unrecognizable. Who is this? This hussy? Yes, she's still a big yellow circle, but she's wearing different clothes. It's like the Superman effect. <laughs> Who is this Who guy? Is this? this is a different guy. She's put pink on. It can't possibly be Miss Pac-Man. Uh, it continues. That's a different character. One that apparently is called Pac-Mom. She's wearing pink instead of red, a hat instead of a bow, and heels instead of boots. The kid has also been altered with a pacifier, or a dummy, replaced with what looks no, like a, a rattle. And stop, will you? Sorry. Just because Peter's doing plops doesn't mean you can bully me at work and on the internet. <laughs> And a bow swapped out for a flower. I've got questions. Is this Pac-Man's mum? Maybe. But it's a slight tweak to a character that was originally supposed to be his wife. And why is the kid matching? Has he divorced divorced Miss Pac-Man and this is a Brady Bunch situation? I don't know. There's even a chance this is actually Pac-Man's mother-in-law, given the visual similarities. Because they're big yellow circles, I assume. So happened to Miss Pac-Man? Does she die? What a weird thing to do, especially to a kind of famous character like Ms. Pac-Man, and with no explanation. Turns out there's a very likely reason, though, as Polygon reports. Bandai Namco um, have a unique royalties arrangement set up for the character, owing to the fact that she wasn't actually created by the company, but by a group of Americans for a game that started life as a Pac-Man mod and eventually got Namco's blessing. This arrangement has meant that every time the character has been used, Bandai Namco have had to pay royalties, and this is where it gets really weird. The original creators of Ms. Pac-Man went bust a long time ago, but that royalties interest has subsequently been bought by another company, At Games, makers of that god-awful Genesis throwback console from a few years ago. I don't know what that is. So it's widely speculated, though we've contacted Namco Bandai for confirmation, that the character's change in this re-release is simply a consequence of the publisher no longer wanting to pay those royalties, especially since this is the first time Ms. Pac-Man would have been due to feature in a new release in almost a decade. Maybe... Ms. Pac-Man, they got married and she had a baby yes. and, and she then she baby. said, the thing that defines me now is not that I am Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man. I am now a Pac-Mom. I am the Pac-Mom. I am the Pac-Mom. And I wear pink now. And I'm just, you know, I've changed. I've had a baby. Having a baby changes you. Yeah. So maybe she's just gone. She's gone through a, a personality rebrand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she's out being the best mom in the world. Being, being the best Pac-Man. Being the best Pac-Mom in the world. That she can be. Yeah. That was my weird news. <laughs> Let's move on to question three, Ashton Matthews, please. Oh, yes. This comes from Callum Straw. Hey, Bap. My general questions are, how long do you think developers should support their titles for? And why do you think some developers support them for years, whilst others do scattered, others do a scattered few updates, even though their games did incredibly well? Many people were greatly, greatly disappointed when Nintendo announced the last update that the last update for Animal Crossing was the final one, especially with how popular the game proved to be. This is particularly jarring when compared to, say, Fortnite or COD, which receive regular, almost monthly updates, and it doesn't look like they'll slow down anytime soon. Would love to hear your take on this, and to also hear which developers you particularly, you're particularly proud of for supporting their games through thick and thin, e.g. Hello Games with No Man's Sky. All yes. the best, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Well. Well. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. all games have a shelf life. And I think that the issue with Animal Crossing, specifically in this case, is that everyone who picked it up and bought it during the first lockdown 
me included, played it pretty much solidly for about four months and then have not picked it up since then. And I don't think they're probably selling that many copies of the game anymore. You've massively upset all of the Animal Crossing army out there who are watching They've already this. got it, though. They've already bought it. No, 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 but you're saying that no one's no one's playing it anymore. No, I'm not saying no one's playing it, but no. I'm saying that everyone who is still playing it bought it. It's a giant stinky in- loser who needs to go outside. Ashton, I can't believe you no, would say that. No, I didn't That's say disc- that. You are so rude. People are going to be so angry at me now. I can't believe you said it's this. It's the internet. People are angry at everyone yeah. for any reason. Um, What was I saying? I don't know. You were saying... I've forgotten now. ...that the... Because you shouted it. No, I didn't shout at you. I offered you encouragement in the form of a distraction. Uh, what you were saying is that uh, everyone... They're not selling many copies oh, anymore. yeah. They prob- everyone who has the game hmm. bought it probably 2020. Yes. And has probably either stopped playing it or is still playing it a lot. I don't know if they sold many more copies when they released the DLC. Um, that was probably the only incentive people who haven't already bought it to buy it they probably sold some more when they did that it may have still been in 2020 mm. though actually the the branded switch as well the animal crossing yeah switch. i think that was 2020 as well because okay. i wanted one of those but didn't get one um <laughs> <laughs> still still waiting yeah um yeah i don't know if they're really selling that many copies of it and i think that for nintendo and probably for a lot of companies if a game stops making money with the game like Animal Crossing, which you can only really charge people for the game, Amiibos, which don't make that much money. I like They aren't that expensive, I don't think. And the DLC. I don't know how much money you would continue to make off the game itself and would benefit you to keep putting effort into to produce more content for mm. when, when like no one... You're not well, Animal Crossing money. isn't isn't monetized the same way that other games. No, things like are. Fortnite and COD they encourage quite a lot of microtransactions, which means that if you aren't playing the game, then they don't care because people who are playing your game are spending extra money on pointless things like costumes. And I don't care if you're a Fortnite gamer boy who does coming for me saying it's not pointless money because when I'm the banana man, I feel good about myself. Well, that's your, your prerogative, but um, go touch the grass if you wouldn't mind. We're just we're all just really happy that you're finally feeling good about yourself. Yeah, it's if this is what it takes. Sure, good for you. Go banana it out, bro. Go banana it out, son. Um, and I that's probably where the different difference between things like Animal Crossing and mm. games like that compared to Fortnite, Call of Duty, you know, most online games because they make money by various other things, various other, oh, you give me two pounds and we'll give you a hundred credits to use towards whatever. Oh, you want you want a Snoop Dogg in your game? Yeah. Well, <laughs> just give us money. And you can have Snoop Dogg in your game. You want Snoop Dogg? Yeah. You want the dog? Give me five pounds. You want the D-O-double-G? You want the the big dog? Five pounds, please. Um, and they'll continue to update their games and produce more content until they don't make money anymore. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're making big bucks, which yeah. I think is where the... I would prefer a lot of games that they were continue to support it for a long time. But with most games... There's only a certain shelf life that they'll make money, enough money to sustain 
an entire team being dedicated to producing more content for them. So I think that that's probably the reason why a lot of games will stop being supported by their devs. Um, and I do think that like it's great when they are. I think No Man's Sky needed it and there's still a lot of content coming out for No Man's Sky. I think I saw something about it yesterday. Um, like they've got a, D- is it a DLC coming out or something. Or- no Man's Sky. Uh, yeah, there is a new update coming. Yeah, um, yeah, a new update. And I think that that's great. And I'm really glad that they're still supporting the game and they're still making it into something that um, they promised it would be. Mm-hmm. I think it's gone beyond A long time now. ago, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, I do think that it it depends on the game and it depends on, at the end of the day, it's how much money something's making is the defining factor of whether or not it's going to continue to be supported. So, yeah. and I think it's great that games who let players down at the beginning build their games and fix it like cyberpunk 2077 they've recently said that it's not finished and they're going to continue working on it which is great mm-hmm. glad to hear it when i finally pick it up um, i'm sure i'll enjoy the content that they add to it but yeah. there's not many games that would keep me enthralled for longer than a couple of months mm-hmm. um and i think lots of gamers can sink like literally hours and hours and hours and months and years into a game and love to play it continuously but some gamers like me have a short attention span and will play it for a couple of months, finish the game and go, okay, I'm done now. Thanks yep. so much. Um, same with Sims. Sims is a game that makes lots of money. They release kits and packs and all kinds of things and people will still buy them no matter how broken they are. And they are very broken, but people will still buy them because they want the new, oh, this... This T-shirt's cool. I'm mm. going to pay £5 for this kit to have the T-shirt because I specifically want this outfit to to like use in my Sims games. And you know what? Go for it. Good for you. But that's why they'll keep producing content for it. And until people stop buying all of their packs, yeah. they won't make The Sims 5. They're going to keep milking The Sims 4 for all it's worth mm-hmm. before releasing any other game. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I just rambled for a bit there. But basically, I, I agree with everything you said. Money's you are, important. You are bang on the money in that uh, it is entirely dependent on the type of game and how much money that game makes by being updated. So if you've got a single player game, oftentimes there'll be a DLC roadmap or there'll be a season pass or there will be uh, some kind of like free content situation Mm. like with the Marvel's Avengers. That's obviously a live service game. And then you've got live service games, which obviously rely on you coming back and spending money. So they need to be updated all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you've got what I've christened, and there's got to be a better term for it, (laughs) check-in regularly game, which is what I would define Animal Crossing as, which is not live service. It's not strictly single player, although it kind of is, but yeah. it is a game that you are expected. It's got an internal clock, so it you're encourages expected to, you come, to back come back every day. every day. I think in the case of an Animal Crossing, as much as I agree that Animal Crossing is not making any money from these updates, so why would they keep updating it from a very cynical business perspective? Mm. I do think it's kind of mental that they're just like, oh, well, we don't know. Yeah. I do think that it would... I didn't even know this was their last one until I read the question. No, me neither. I didn't realize that they'd finished updating it. I do think they should keep updating it. And uh, the question that... Callum. Thank you. It's on a different page for me. Callum asks, uh, in regards to when should people stop, when should devs and pubs stop updating their games? 
in regards to Animal Crossing and games like it, I would say probably when the next one comes out. Mm. That's when that stops. And for live service games, it's usually when they die or they go forever. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty until the next one comes out. Yeah. Um, and then your single player games, it they've just sort of like, they'll just do the DLCs that they're, I mean, some single player games don't need any further content. They just don't. The Last of Us doesn't. God of War doesn't. Um, Horizon will probably so get Last an expansion. The Last of Us did have a DLC. Uh, Last of Us Part 2, sorry, I meant. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the the first one did. Um, and I reckon Horizon um, Forbidden West will have DLC. Probably will. One season pass model that I really liked was for Borderlands 2 because you got absolutely tons of content yeah. for years after. Like it was They're really, still, really good. Yeah. Um, so that that was a great one. I also really liked how Marvel Spider-Man did it as well. There were there was a three-part DLC. Yeah. They were all named. You were given the gist of each of them and then they released them maybe one every three months after release. Mm. It was great. None of them were particularly outstanding and none of them were as good as the main game. But they told a story that connected between the three and that was nice because you had more content to look forward to mm. and you didn't have to wait forever. Not like a Telltale game where sometimes you're waiting for up to a year for the next yeah. chapter and you've forgotten what happened. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I've also rambled slightly there, but I, I'm inclined to agree that it depends on how much money the game's making and it depends on the type of game. Uh, but Animal Crossing should really still be updating because why Why wouldn't you? Yeah. It can't be that There's much of an so investment. There's so many people still playing it. It can't be that much of an investment to design more seasonal items. I don't really understand what they mean by their, they're not going to update it anymore because obviously like things change every like month. Like I imagine there's an Easter thing happening right now, but I assume that will continue to happen regardless of whether like that needs a manual update, I assume. Same with like Halloween and Bonfire Night. Just with done those, on the those... internal clock, right? Yeah, that's what I assume. So no. I didn't really know what they have updated in the last couple of years other than like in the last year or so other than the DLC bringing in like Harv's Island and all of the kind of other elements of it. Right. But I don't really know. I am out of the loop I haven't really Animal followed Crossing. it that much. I but haven't touched it since I like I don't week think two. that there's been like a lot of, I don't think there's been a lot of major updates to Animal Crossing. Mm. I, I just assume it's like the sims content stuff packs almost but it yeah. I, I don't know oh, again you know i really should have looked this up beforehand i don't know if animal crossing has ever released a paid update has it there's the dlc there has paid. been actual dlc yeah. okay i i took this no more updates in regards or, or to mean that um you know they did the big there's like a here's a big halloween update or something i think there was maybe um well this is the thing obviously they do stuff. like seasonal things like an easter thing and a yeah. halloween thing and then they did a mario thing but right. you could get a bunch of mario content um and then they did the dlc mm -hmm. but not like that much new stuff has kind of i imagine there probably be new items and stuff that have been appearing but there's not been any new like villagers i don't think right um it just says that there's some new bugs uh, <laughs> as in, looking it up. As in insects. As in insects. Not, yeah. <laughs> we've added some new we've glitches. We've added some new glitches. Um, so yeah, they've just added some new bugs into mm. the game, which I these are bugs that I know already exist. So I guess it's just because it's March now right. that there's new fish. Or like, it's not March now, it's April now. But is it April now? Yeah. Yes, it is April now. It's halfway through April now. <laughs> oh, are you okay? It's been a long month. And then there's some new events and stuff, but I assume that these will still happen going forward. Well, basically what we've just done is we've put our foot in it by showing that our lack didn't... of Animal Crossing knowledge. Yeah. But our answer to the main Everything question else. still stands. We don't know what's going on with Animal Crossing, 
We've both played it, but it's been a long time since we've played it. Yeah. And we are perhaps emblematic of the the precise reason that this game may no longer be being updated. Yeah. However, come on. It's a hugely popular game and it sold oh, yeah. millions of copies. Just and put some more updates out. Sell loads of merch and stuff. It says it's the last free update. Okay, but right. I don't know if that means that like that's it. Yeah. Because I don't know if they've got any more plans to do any DLC, but who knows? Who knows? Who bloody do you we know? don't know? We <laughs> clearly answer, we don't know what's going on with Animal Crossing. However, everything else is still every, everything else is still. Yeah, you know, just pretend you know, we didn't mention Animal Crossing. You know what we mean. It's time for the big discussion. It's big discussion time. Time for the big discussion that comes this week, courtesy of Callum's story. Two Callums. Two Callums, but they've got them. They spell the names different. Yeah. One's with two L's and one's with one L. Kaloum. Kaloum. This one is from Kaloum, who says, "Hi, Bap. Hey, Bap. Sorry, who Bap? <laughs> the BAFTA Game Where Awards. What? Sorry. Where Bap? Where Bap? How Bap? Uh, the Why BAFTA. Bap? Stop. <laughs> the BAFTA Game Awards la- were last." <laughs> <laughs> The BAFTA Game Awards were last week, and much like at the Game Awards in December, it seemed to be slightly smaller games picking up most of the awards, with the big names such as Halo, Resident Evil, Call of Duty, Far Cry, etc. all being completely absent from the winners. Is this the kind of thing that might make big developers take notice and change their approach, or are they actively choosing to forego awards and targeting other objectives such as sales figures or critical scores as a priority? Do you want to know the winners from the BAFTA? Also, I know quite a few. I was <laughs> at a concert on Thursday and there was a bit of a lull between bands and I was just checking who just was looking at won everything. I know so that Unpacking won, won narration. Who won Best Animation? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Who won Best Artistic Achievement? Ratchet and Clank. The Artful Escape. Oh, The Artful Escape. Who won Best Audio Achievement? Oh, I don't know that one. Returnal. Returnal. Who won... Returnal won quite a few, didn't it? Returnal won Best Game. Yeah. It won the big boy. Uh, what was the Best British Game? Forza Horizon 5. Oh. Uh, the best debut game? Toem. Toem. Uh, best evolving game? Evolving? Evolving is in a game that's always evolving. Still going. Ooh. Won't die. Don't know. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Good for uh, them. Best family game? It Takes Two. Chicory, A Colourful Tale. That's oh. not a family game. You can't play that with your kid. It Takes Two was nominated for a family game. It's got swears in it and stuff. And it, murder. I mean, it does have murder in it. I think it was one family game at... The, ga- uh, the Game Awards. That is insane. I would never play that with a young child. No. Uh, Especially uh, not the elephant bit. Uh, game Beyond Entertainment. The winner there was Before Your Eyes. Uh, best Game Design was Inscription. Mm. Best Multiplayer was It Takes Two. Oh, yeah. Returnal won also won Best Music. Unpacking won Best Narrative. Yeah, I was really happy that Unpacking won Best Narrative. It Takes Two won Original Property. Yeah. Jane Perry, who played Celine in Returnal. Yeah, she won, won best. Performer in a Leading Role. And then uh, the woman from Mass Effect, Kimberly won. Brooks. Kimberly Brooks, she won supporting actress. Yes. What she? what was she? What what game was that from? Do you know <sighs> Kimberly Brooks? Uh, as I do know f- uh, Hollis Forsyth in Psychonauts Two. Yes, I knew it was an That's Xbox was. game. I couldn't pinpoint which one it was. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart won technical achievement, and the EE Game of the Year, which I think is unpacking. voted on by people, was unpacked. I voted for the yes. unpacking. So there we are. That those are your winners. But yeah, Returnal running away with four awards. Mm. Uh, let's talk about BAFTA. Yeah. Why let's. do you think? Why? Do, well, firstly, I'll yeah. ask you. Why do you think BAFTA? Because the, apart from the EE Game of the, of the Year award, which again is fan voted. Yeah. The rest is chosen by a panel. Yeah. By the Academy. 
why do you think they tend to side with perhaps smaller niche games over the big 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 boys i think smaller games require a usp a unique mm -hmm. selling point and <laughs> thank you <laughs> just in case you didn't know um and so a lot of the time end up being more unique able to pull them apart from the you know the far cries the assassin's creeds the Resident Evils, you can pick apart, say, just for example, and we know that I like unpacking, mm. um, unpacking one best narrative in a game that has has no voice acting and practically no text, one best narrative. Yeah. Because mm. they do something very different. They don't do, you know, his buttload of exposition at the beginning and then wandering around and a bunch more exposition as you go. That is a narrative that you can follow without ever having to speak to another human being or even see a human being. So if I said, your... but Call of Duty Vanguard has like six characters in it. Why did that not win best narrative? I would say because that's got a narrative um, I don't think the story was that good. You think the the unpacking narrative was better? Yeah. yeah. It, had, it was more fleshed out and didn't have any words in it. <laughs> I, um, I think that like a lot of smaller games... Uh, they require to stand out and to make an impact. They require, they are required to be better mm. and they need to work harder to achieve what a lot of games can achieve very easily with the titles and names that are on them. If you put Ubisoft next to something, it's going to sell yeah. most of the time. Tom Clancy. Um, Tom Clancy's Quarantine. Tom Clancy's Just Assassin's Dance. Creed Just Dance Quarantine. Um, Quarantine didn't sell, Best I don't seller. think. No, it was trash. Um, it was terrible. But I I just think that they just they need to, to put more effort in. Mm. And thus far, they make better... They have to make better games. And they get noticed for making better games. And I think judges are more likely to see these like unique games and these games with very different vibes and very kind of interesting mechanics and... and um, stories mm. and see those as something that is potentially even if it's not technically better see them as something that is better and more interesting for the consumer than right. say a, a far cry or an assassin's creed massive ubisoft game and that's not to say that those games are bad yeah but i think that they are more generic than say a lot of the games that did quite well like chicory is a very interesting looking game mm -hmm. same with unpacking and artful escape is again a very interesting game that you could pick out of a lineup very easily you line all the far cries up next to each other screenshot from one of them you're not gonna know which one's which <laughs> you're not gonna know apart from by the extreme color palette yeah this one is blue this one <laughs> is green this, <laughs> this one is red pink. yeah yeah uh so then i ask you do you think the big publishers and developers look at this and think, huh, maybe we need to be more like that? No. No, I don't think so. Why not? They don't care. They don't care. They don't, they don't make any more, less money. Mm -hmm. Joe Bloggs isn't going to walk into a game and Joseph go... Joseph Bloggs, okay? Josephine Bloggs will not walk into a game, look at Far Cry 6 and go, mm, didn't win a BAFTA Game Award. We're not bothering with that. Mm-hmm. Let me find the Artful Escape uh, because this Resident Evil Village <laughs> didn't even win. Didn't even win a BAFTA, so mm. trash. I just 
burped as I spoke then. I'm so sorry. You, did you burp um, when you said trash? Yeah, it kind of just appeared. Wow, that was, that was quite it was poetic. It was like a really visceral reaction. But um, yeah, it's... They don't care. They're not going to make any less money from not winning a BAFTA. Maybe like the, the devs might be like, oh, it's a bit rubbish. I'm sad that we didn't win. But the companies aren't going to go... they've also all been laid off by Activision at the same yeah, time. So. Not, the companies aren't going to put their foot down and go, if we don't win a goddamn Game Award next mm. year, I'm you're all sacked. Every single one of you. No bonuses. They're not going to do that. They what don't do you, care. What do you prefer? Do you prefer this kind of award show where the smaller stuff gets the spotlight? Uh, Returnal, by the way, is not, not it's not game. a small game, but it is certainly niche and yes. it has not been getting the shine from For sure. other award shows. Yeah. I Apart from Dice, I think it did really well at Dice. Really have a preference, to be honest. I think of a game that wins deserves it. I game of mean, the Year, Call of Duty Call, Vanguard. I mean, if Call of Duty Vanguard won Game of the Year, I think I would as we be both know, it was one of the best games baffled. Of last year. Yeah, Baffleters. Baffleters Game Awards. Um, yeah, I. I don't really care who wins as long as it feels deserved. I know that people won't think that unpacking deserves to win narrative, but mm. have you played it? Because it's really good. And the narrative's really good. If it was on PlayStation, so, I would play it. So there. Um, but I just think that there's there's a lot of scope for a lot of games to win a lot of these awards. And these aren't saying that this game is necessarily the, the greatest of all time at doing this thing, but it did something really great and it deserved to win. And I think that as long as we still acknowledge that other games can do things that are as good or not as good, mm. then I don't really care who wins. It's just great that people get the chance to be celebrated. And and I'm really glad that the unpacking devs got the chance to be celebrated because they were really happy about it. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. Go off, gang. So there. Go on, gang. Go, go on, gang. Yeah. What about you? Hey, Ben, if I was to ask you... Yeah. Um, do you think that, uh, what do you think about the BAFTA Game Awards? Do you think uh, the winners were worthy? Do you think they should have won? Well, as a former uh, panellist at uh, the BAFTA Game Awards, uh, I have to say that I think it's oh uh, just just the best awards show out yeah. there. And I wish they would invite me back. <laughs> but they won't because yeah. I stole a card from them and I didn't realise that I wasn't allowed to take it home, but I did and now it's on my fridge. Well, that's okay. I'm sure they don't know. Well, it's a card. I speak about it a lot, so they probably they probably, they probably do know. Because BAFTA um, are big fans of the podcast. They love the podcast. No, BAFTA have always been, um, shall we say, a bit up themselves. Mm. They're a bit snooty, right? They're a bit uh, holier than thou, a bit video games are art, which I think is just disgusting, <laughs> really, because it's not. It's just like... I mean, they don't have a lot just of... Just bleeps and bloops, isn't it? <laughs> on, the on the screen. Just bleeps and bloops. Uh, no, I think BAFTA is is always been stylized as a very hoity-toity It seems kind of like thing. The Everyone most... has to wear black tie yeah. and dress up nice, and it's very important. I think Notch yeah. went one year, and he tried to wear his hat, and they were like, no. It seems like doing? the most award show game award show that it takes it, it it feels important because it's like it it takes games really seriously yeah and they do uh, like a full red carpet and they really go for it whereas you look at like the game awards and you think just because you put the word awards wonder it doesn't if we're gonna necessarily see today. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah the awards, awards were I mean, we did the live stream reactions and the, the awards were secondary to is this legs they didn't even frankly. do half of the awards in the show no they, they just rattled the off winners yeah. yeah as they went on it, the, the, we've already bitched a lot about the game awards we have anyway yeah it's so definitely better than that's the, the game difference awards. um what did you ask me um i said do you think that the right people won uh do i think the right people won? i mean yeah yeah i suppose so because mm. it's 
subjective ultimately you know yeah. it was a, they, were, they were chosen by a panel um and you know how can how can you really disagree with that too much even mm. if you even if you wanted the other stuff to win um i will say that let me check my notes here because i, I can't remember anything that i've written down um that everyone sort of the mainstream games that don't get a showing at these awards everyone knows what these are mm. like everyone joseph josephine blogs all of them mm-hmm. um they all know Ms. pac-man pac-mom they all know what call of duty is going to be they all know what yeah. assassin's creed is going to be and these big publishers and developers as nice as it would be to get an award they don't need it mm. these to answer your question callum they are absolutely not paying attention to these award shows. Again, as much as it's a good PR boost to win them, it's all about making money. And they've made their money 10 times over most uh, on most occasions. Like they they yeah. do not they do not need this validation. A smaller game, however, or a niche game like Returnal, this is everything because mm. it shows I think especially in the case of Returnal which probably wasn't a huge seller I would imagine despite being a it was very... one of the first games on the PlayStation 5 exactly we even had a PS5 so one of I the first uh first party titles but not a launch which probably also didn't help mm. um you know because Demon Souls probably got quite a rub off that despite being again more niche uh, this, I think, is is validation for them. And it's mm-hmm. validation for Sony looking at it and thinking, okay, clearly they did something right, even if it wasn't a huge seller. And then when you move even lower down the, the sort of AAA scale, not even that, and you go indie and these indie games winning, as much as Assassin's Creed would like to, or Call of Duty Vanguard, would love to slap a BAFTA game sticker on the box, yeah, it means so much less to them than it would for unpacking mm-hmm. to have two BAFTA awards on yeah. on their artwork or whatever. Like it's just it's just night and day the difference. The big publishers they only want to make only want to make money, um, and that is what they're motivated by. There's always very talented creative people who work on those games, but the the acknowledgement that those developers and publishers get is from the fact that their game is in the top 10 sales charts yeah. all year long. That is their validation. They don't need this. I like the fact that the smaller games can win this stuff. It was like at the Game Awards when suddenly, um, what's it called? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy won best narrative there yeah. or best story. And again, that's not a small game. I know that. But it is. it was not a shoe-in it for that award. It didn't sell as well as, say, a Far Cry game did. Exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't have the gravitas as a far cry game. Probably still sold very well, mm. but it's just nice to see these smaller games. And again, I know they're massive compared to indie games, but it's nice to see these comparatively smaller games get the acknowledgement. So I like the approach that BAFTA has, even if, you know, something comes out like a like a Halo Infinite and you think this is fantastic, I really mm. like this, and then unpacking wins best narrative, for example. Uh, although Halo Infinite's story wasn't wasn't the best. But even so, my point being that it's nice to see the smaller games recognized because they deserve to be recognized and these games are important to recognize because it encourages more people to do that stuff. Mm. The big publishers, they, they're not going to try and follow suit. They might try and buy one of these indie publishers, uh, per developers, sorry, and yeah. then ruin it. But that's that's kind of it. I just, I like, I like the fact that the BAFTAs go down this route, yeah. personally. I think it's nice. It does definitely feel like they care a bit more about the actual games themselves that are winning 
than Jeff Keighley potentially does about the Game Awards. I just, I have, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched bits and bobs after mm. the fact. And I do just feel like a, that it is a bit posher and it is a bit more hoity-toity, but they, you know, I feel like people come out of it and they go, yeah, we've, we've been recognized and we got our time to speak mm-hmm. and we got to do a little speech and thank people and have a nice time. Got a big gold face on a stick. Got a big gold face on a stick. <laughs> Couldn't be happier. Uh, one thing I will say about indies, um, and you know, not all of these winners are indies, but some of these smaller games, again, that don't get re- as much recognition mm-hmm. and sell as well as the the big, massive games that didn't get any nods this year, uh, is that while those games are popular for a reason and they are, on the whole, very good across the board, I would say that for the scope and the scale of what most of these games uh, are and what they try to achieve within that scope and scale compared to their massive budget cousins they're better in a lot of ways Mm. like if you were to scientifically mathematically scale up the budget and the scope and the aim of unpacking to what call of duty vanguard was working with then that would be the most unbelievable Call of Duty game ever made. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a Call of Duty game where you pack stuff away. But in terms of but, what the game is yeah. trying to achieve for its budget and its team size, yeah. a lot of the time these smaller games are, you know, when scaled up, a lot better than the well, big games. you think games. like Stardew Valley made by like one guy mm. and now he's doing this... The, the, cho- ma- the magic cho- chocolate magic factory. Chocolate factory. Hell yeah, it looks amazing. And you think that like this one guy is working on this game and Stardew Valley is huge Mm. and loads of people love stardew valley i don't think i've ever met anyone who doesn't like stardew valley having played some of it but i just think that like you think about him and making that game and you think like what he could do if he had like a massive team behind him and you think if he had the like the money and the resource that ubisoft had Imagine the size of Stardew Valley. Or would it even work? Bloody would, massive. Would it even feel the same? No, exactly. I love my my big budget AAA games. Yeah, me we too. all we all do, but they're often not as creative as indie games. And it's not most of the time it's probably not for lack of trying. They're mm. often told that they can't be, or it's just the constraints of working on a 250 person per team multi-team project. Mm. Like that's it's just not gonna work that way uh when you scale it up that high. But these games deserve recognition. I'm glad they got them. And the big publishers don't care because they, they just want to make their money. Yeah. Make their money, son. Get that moolah. That ched ched. <laughs> Are they still saying that? Sure. The children? The cheddar. Yeah. The ched, the cheddron. The <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we're going to tell you now how and where you can go. This is still marked as Peter. Yeah, I, have realized, I can read it. Okay, Ash is going to tell you now how you can how you can get in contact with us and find us in other places you can go to youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump watch all of our video content check out our live streams they're always on there on twitch and youtube when we stream we're modded by uh laura brodovich charlie badger and mr black and they're lovely and we love them very much and if they tell you to do something do it um if you have a free twitch sub with your amazon prime membership Animism. You, I know. You can use it on us if you fancy. And Jeff Bezos the, doesn't lose any money, but we make a little bit of money from his little pocket. Um, so his why not large, con- pocket. large pocket. So why not consider using your Amazon Prime Twitch sub on us? Thank you in advance. Thank you. If you want to check out our Facebook or Twitter, it's twitter.com, facebook.com forward slash team triple jump for video game, uh, video game, for video and live stream announcements, weirdest games posts go on both of those. Uh, video legacy content goes out on Facebook, all kinds of things. And eventually, 
we'll do a Facebook Live again. When we hit 10,000, we'll all do a Facebook Live together. We will. Um, thank you to Fraser, our community manager, for handling our Twitter and Facebook. We also have a TikTok. TikTok got tiktok.com forward slash at team triple jump me and fraser work really hard on these tiktoks mainly fraser i'm just the one in front of the camera uh but it's quite hard to memorize these sounds some of them are a bit difficult what say that again it's quite hard to memorize the sounds that you have to like lip sync along to um so i had to put a lot of effort into but mainly it's fraser um and then we have patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where you could check out all the tiers that are available to you if you fancy um, we have a website, jibblejeff.mup. That's jibblejeff.mp. It mm-hmm. spells jump. It does. Um, if you want to join our Discord, jibblejeff.mup forward slash Discord. On there, our wonderful community like to hang out, talk about all things video games and some things that are not about video games. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. And if they tell you to do something, bloody well do it. Do it. We have, um, <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to listen to the podcast in its audio form, if you've got a long train journey ahead of you this Easter weekend, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash podcast and listen, find out where you can listen to it in its audio forms. Yeah. If you want to check out some of our live stream vlogs, we you do okay? many a week. You're doing yeah, so quite well. Quite a lot. Yeah. Um, we do many live streams a week, so if you miss one, then why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash vods, check out some of the vods. Last but not least from me, if you want to buy some sick and cool merch like this hoodie, that's on the wrong side. This hoodie. hoodie. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so good. Wow. And other t-shirts, hoodie. Are you all right? I make myself bleed. Are you bleeding? Yeah, a little oh, bit. Oh, no. Um, you know in your cuticle sometimes there's like, yeah, just, hangnail. and you're like, oh, I've got to get rid of that. And yeah. so I, I tried to get rid of it. I really dug in there. Oh, it stings. Ooh. I'll be okay. Okay. Um, you can Pray go to triplejumpshop.com check out new merch and make sure you're following Triple Jump Shop on Twitter to find out when new merch is coming out you see, we had a, a copy of a t-shirt come through the other day it looks really, really cool yeah it looks pretty nice I'm really excited so yeah, make sure you're that. following absolutely uh, why not follow Peter Austin and uh, Ashton Matthews on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it. On YouTube. The other streams being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. We do the podcast every Saturday and we do shows all the bloody time. So come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. We'd really appreciate it. I realise I haven't updated the uh, bit at the bottom. so I've done it. Don't worry. Sorry. Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Please go follow us. Please, 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 please. It's a Worst Games Ever week. So it will already be out for patrons mm-hmm. on Friday and everyone else tomorrow at the time of release. Go check it out. It's a good one. Uh, we also ranked every single Kirby video game from worst to best. That went out on Friday. So there's a big old list there about the pink blob boy. Are you enjoying Kirby in the Forgotten Lands? Are you? Or Lands? Singular? I would be, I'm not entirely but sure. I haven't got it. I played the demo and I really enjoyed it. And we were meant to get copies. I was going to stream it, but we didn't get one. And it's really sad. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> Why won't you buy one, Ashton? Because I don't have my Switch up here. She doesn't have a Switch up here. So there's no point in me buying it because I won't be able to play it at home. So It's just sad all around, isn't it? Yeah. So go watch the ranked video and don't skip any of the adverts and then Ashton might be able to buy a Switch and a copy of the game too. Yeah. Next week, there are fewer streams. Peter and I are away uh, doing business things for a couple of days. So there'll be no stream on Monday or Tuesday from either of us. Uh, I mean, I'll stream every day next week. You're gonna, you can if you want. 
Ashton could Ashton might be streaming every day. James is away, I think, as well. Yeah, James is away too. So there's no James stream next week. Ashton is definitely here. She will at the very I'm least. I'm the only stream. one who's here next week. <laughs> She's the only one who will stream on Wednesday. Peter and I are back in on Thursday. Yeah. It's a long bank holiday weekend in Peter the UK. Is streaming so we're on off Friday. Friday and Monday. So Peter will be streaming on Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. I think he's okay. going to be streaming some Skywalker saga. I will not be streaming next week uh, because I will not have time. Uh, so joint stream next week, though, is a charity stream. Exactly. So make sure you come along for that. We're uh, streaming we're raising in, money for the cats. In aid of cats protection, I'm wearing their shirt right now. Wow. It'll be Thursday. You want to be a bit more excited? Wow. Yeah, Thursday at 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. It's the usual sleepover slot. We haven't done a sleepover stream in forever because they were... Oh, is it? I did not know that. You hadn't told me that. Six to eight. You didn't tell me that. evening. We did you, talk about doing it later no, you on. you didn't tell me. Is that going to be an issue for no, you? No, it doesn't matter. I don't have any plans. I just okay, didn't that's know. that's fine. Yeah, we're doing it later in the day. I thought we'd spoken about that. Clearly we hadn't. No, boy, well, tells had, me nothing. But a long time ago. <laughs> Six to eight p.m. We'll see you there. We'll be raising money for the cats and playing some cat-related video games. It will be on YouTube, uh, so do come along and give if you can. We're going to end with the sponsor. Oh, yes. I forgot about the sponsor. Which is, of course, E3 2025 with their very captivating tagline. They have to get a really long banner for this one. Yeah. E3 2025. This time we promise it's really happening. Honestly, no, where are you going? Come back. We've changed. We promise not to leak any personal information. And oh, it's digital only. And oh, no, it's also cancelled. And also we sold your email address to a Russian bot farm. Wah, wah. There we are. Look forward to that. Thank you so much for watching slash listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Love Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 